she can't, she shouldn't, she's too young, she's too smart for her own good, she's too disruptive, she's too brash, she's too bold, too audacious, too persistent, she took too long, she should just give it up, she can't succeed. Hey guys, I hope you're doing well. It's Nikita. Sorry I didn't post a podcast last week. It's because I was traveling and I did not really feel like making a podcast because it was my first night back with my friends. So I definitely apologize for that. But I will be back on schedule and posting every Tuesday again like I have been for the past couple weeks. This week what I'm going to be talking about are kind of my thoughts surrounding some topics on Pride. Today is the last day of Pride, sadly, but obviously the people who fall under the pride category, the LGBTQ plus community, they're obviously not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. We're here to stay, you know, like you can't get rid of a community. Although there's only one month that celebrates it, I think that within the community at least, like people are celebrating all the time. And unfortunately, like this year, there wasn't able to be like the big pride parades that usually happen in New York City and Los Angeles, but people were able to find pride in their own ways. For example, I had really good conversations with a lot of my friends who are part of the LGBTQ community. And one thing that I was really thinking about is I'm pretty active on Twitter and there was this whole debate debacle about white gay men wanting to be naked at Pride, the Pride Parade. And a lot of people were very uncomfortable with this because there's so many people that go to Pride. It's not just gay men, it's also women, lesbian women, um, bisexual people, children as well who are, have already claimed their sexuality or are still trying to find their sexuality. So I think that's what made a lot of people uncomfortable because to have children at Pride, which is their right, they should go to Pride. They need to be around people who are accepting of them because maybe not everyone in their life is accepting and they need to be able to have a community. So to me, it just seemed a little weird that a lot of white gay men specifically were like, I want to be able to go and have sex behind a, in a dumpster if I want to, or be basically naked. Like I should be able to display my sexuality however I want to. And while I'm usually like for that, I don't think at Pride specifically it is appropriate to do that considering that not everyone is comfortable. I love people who display their sexuality, like do that, but sexual activity, I think that that should be reserved for more private spaces. And I think that slightly falls under public indecency as well because yes, you're at a Pride parade, but there are a lot of people there who don't want to be seeing you having sex, if that makes sense. And I don't know, it was just a little uncomfortable to me because I think that in the community right now there's a lot of animosity between white gay men and kind of everyone else because in a lot of spaces white gay men often have the voice in the conversation when it comes to the LGBTQ community. Obviously when it comes to the larger world they don't because they're they are a marginalized group but within LGBTQ spaces white men often have their voices more heard And we can see that even back in the 80s when black trans women and black gay men would try to enter white gay spaces and they would be denied entrance because of their race. 
And I think that not a lot of people really acknowledge that intersection of race and sexuality and gender identity. Thankfully, with the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of people are coming out and saying we need to support all black lives. So not just those of straight black lives or cis black lives. Cisgender people are people whose gender match their sex that they were assigned at birth. I think having those conversations is really good because I think specifically within people of color communities, it's very looked down upon to be gay or trans. And we can see that it's illegal in many Caribbean countries, including like Jamaica being the biggest one to be gay at all. So I think when those people do immigrate to the United States, they're not necessarily open to their own children being gay, to being surrounding themselves with gay people, surrounding themselves with trans people. So I think having the Black Lives Matter movement highlight these voices and highlight the murders of trans black women, I think it's very important, especially when, in my opinion, I believe that black women are the most marginalized and trans black women are the most marginalized group in the United States because they often don't even live past the age of 35 statistically. It's really sad to me to see a lot of people in the LGBT community looking past this because it's something that's very important. I don't think you can be a part of the LGBT community and not be a part of the Black Lives Matter community. It goes hand in hand and I think it's a privilege to be a part of the LGBT community and ignore your brothers and sisters, a part of your community, who are facing more marginalization just because of the color of their skin. Hopefully this debate that was sparked on Twitter about white men, that started off as white men wanting to show off their bodies at Pride, which turned into the privilege that white gay men do have. I'm hoping that that sparked that larger conversation about the privileges that white LGBTQ members have. And that's not to minimize the struggles and oppression that white LGBTQ members face because that is very prevalent and you can see that throughout history, gay people being murdered, uh, conversion therapy practices within the United States, uh, not legalizing marriage for gay people until 2015, the recent executive order that Trump signed that says that trans people can be denied health so that obviously affects every single LGBTQ member, no matter what race they are. However, there is this deeper intersection between race that gives privilege or denies privilege to certain people. And I think that's very powerful to know and to think about. Something that I've also noticed coming with that white privilege, LGBTQ members experience who are white is this privilege to add on identities. For example, my friend Sophie, who is also bisexual, she showed me a video and it was of two white gay women who say that they have the right to identify as different identities on different days. So for example, they can say one day that they're lesbians, the next day they can say that they're pansexual, and it just changes depending on what day it is. And for me, I just think that's not true. One, because I think it minimizes the each sexuality that they're trying to claim that they're a part of, because it says that lesbians can be attracted to men, which is just not true. The whole point of lesbianism is that you are only romantically or sexually attracted to women. 
And I think that saying that lesbian women can be attracted to men sometimes, obviously lesbian women know what a good-looking man looks like. However, they don't want to have a romantic or sexual relationship. And I think the fluidity that exists within sexuality is different than the the fluidity that exists in gender. For example, I don't think one day you can say you're bisexual and the next day you say you're a lesbian because like those identities are so separate from each other. And I think it's their words that describe that fluidity. So you can say, if you're a lesbian and maybe you're questioning, you can say you're questioning or you can say you're bi-curious. And that is a very valid identity. As long as you're not exploiting the people that you are having romantic or sexual relationships. As long as you're transparent about that, I think that it's okay. For example, when straight women are bi-curious and they take advantage of lesbian women or already known bisexual women I think it can be a slippery slope in that sense but as long as you're very clear in your communication with the person you're having sexual or romantic relationships with it can be fine on the other hand we have gender which is very fluid and I think it's different I would definitely like to have a deeper conversation with those people who think that it's okay to label yourself as more than one like concrete sexuality but I think that something about sexuality is although it has its fluidity the terms that are assigned to sexuality are not fluid and I think it's a little minimizing to say to those people that identify as those sexualities that it is fluid because I think for them it's not and I personally like wouldn't want to be forced into a sexuality that didn't feel right for me. That being said, it honestly like doesn't hurt me at all, like as a bisexual woman, it doesn't hurt me at all with these people claiming their different sexualities. So I'd never ever go up to them and say, you're wrong, like you're wrong. And I'm never going to be open to your idea of what you think your sexuality can be, because I think that's hypocritical and it doesn't really allow for conversations and maybe they just explained it they only had a minute tiktok video they weren't able to go in depth about it at all so i think there's definitely more to talk about and i'd never ever say that they're wrong i just think there could be better ways to go about what they're trying to accomplish with saying that you can have multiple sexualities also performative allyship in regards to the lgbt community that only seems to happen during Pride Month because nobody cares about the LGBT community outside of that. And I think it's very interesting because a lot of brands at midnight tonight are going to just delete everything regarding Pride. They're never going to do anything regarding Pride until next year and they're only doing it so it shows that they're inclusive. When the people in their seat, the CEOs, there's no one LGBTQ plus or of color. They have nobody who's actually in the company working towards fighting for actual justice for the lgbtq community they don't actually care it's the same thing with race as well and it's upsetting because i want to be able to support brands but i want to be able to support brands that support as well in my life but honestly there's just no ethical consumption under capitalism i'm not really going to go into that right now but I have a lot of thoughts on capitalism and the capitalist society that we live in right now, which isn't really rooted in actual capitalism, but 
I'm not going to really go into that, but performative allyship regarding the LGBT community, make sure that you're not falling into that category and make sure that you care about LGBTQ lives outside of the month of June and you're actually doing something. Spend your money, give to donations, help block trans women who are struggling. There's so many organizations that are being put forth right now that you can just do so much for and that shows your actual support. Read some literature if you can, watch some movies, try to get educated on these topics. I think one of the main goals that I have is I want to be able to learn about the history of the LGBTQ movement and how that has digressed to what it is today. And I definitely want to take a sexuality and gender class in university because it's something that I've been kind of disconnected to and I definitely want to be able to get more educated on it. And I definitely encourage all of you to do the same and really try to learn about things that you not you weren't necessarily confronted with before but are being confronted with now because there's so much. Don't be so quick to say to be defensive but rather be open and willing to accept your past failures and your future successes. Thing that I've also been thinking about is the act of outing people. I think that that's very hard because personally, like, I am comfortable with anyone telling other people that I'm bisexual as long as they know that I'll be safe in that space. But I think I have a certain privilege as a bisexual woman because bisexuality in women is just more generally accepted because it can be objectified by men and by women as well. Like, it's just a more objectifiable bisexuality, thus making it more acceptable to our society. And I think that comes with, like, men wanting to be in control of sex in any way and with bisexual women, since they, we are also attracted to men. It allows for that dynamic to still play out. However, I think for other sexualities, it's a lot more dangerous to like out people. And outing, when I say outing, is like in conversation, disclosing someone's gender identity or sexual identity without their permission and without ever letting them know. Because you never know when that's going to put them in a harmful situation or if they just didn't want that, they weren't comfortable with that person knowing yet. Because I've seen a lot, I read a thread today on Twitter and it was something that trans and gender non-conforming people think that cis people can do to, to be better allies for them and practice true allyship. It was to not tell other people that they're trans. And I think that was very interesting to me because I was just like, that is very true. You should be able to tell someone your gender identity when you feel comfortable and other people shouldn't have a right over that. And I think this will definitely get better as people start becoming more open about sexuality and gender in general because now there's just like it's assumed that you're cis or you're straight unless you look different and I don't think it's necessary necessarily okay to go up to a trans person and be like, hey, are you trans? Or go up to a gay person and be like, hey, are you gay? That's not natural and that puts them on the spot. However, if it's naturally within a conversation and gender and sexuality get brought up naturally, I think it's very appropriate to talk to them about their gender identity and stuff like that. And I think also one part of that is that one day we're just going to, when we introduce ourselves, we're going to also introduce our pronouns. So I'm going to say, hi, I'm Nikita. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm 18 years old. And that'll just be normal. That happens on college campuses already. It's not something that takes any more time than introducing yourself before. 
a couple more words. And I think once we get to that point, it will become a lot more easier to have conversations around gender and sexuality because it's more normalized within our conversations. It's something we practice every day. And I think we're getting to that point where with the Black Lives Matter movement, I truly believe that Black liberation, as I've heard so many say before, Black liberation is liberation for all, and taking down white supremacy will also take down the other structures because all these structures, homophobia, sexism, these structures are upheld by white supremacy because white supremacy is the norm. It's that Western ideal of beauty that is, it's all held up by white supremacy. And now with all these conversations being held within the Black Lives Matter movement, it's allowing for the slow but steady liberation of everyone. And these gender and sexuality conversations are happening a lot more with straight cis people. People are a lot more willing to listen and learn and grow and hear new perspectives. But something that I will say is that these things are not political. Human rights are not political. I don't like the argument that you can agree or disagree with someone's gender and sexuality. How does that make sense? This is not something that a person can change about themselves. Obviously, I'll respect your opinion as long as your opinion doesn't disrespect someone else's existence, as I saw on Instagram. And the James Baldwin quote, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. And that doesn't only apply to racial things as he originally, we all thought he was, that all it applies to gender and sexuality. And you can't disagree with someone's existence. And that's where I think I get really passionate and really caught up in my arguments is that a lot of people say that this is political, but it isn't. This is about right and wrong and human rights or lack of human rights. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that to say that a human does not deserve rights because of their gender identity, their sexual orientation, their race, their religion, anything about them means that you are denying their livelihoods. As long as you are not denying those three rights that people should be having that they have been denied for so long, then we can have a agree to disagree moment. But when it comes to rights of human lives, I don't think that there is an existence of agree to disagree. It's either right or wrong. I'm fully capable and fully willing to tell people that they're wrong. Yeah, these are kind of just like my pure unfiltered thoughts. Uh, this was more of like a ramble podcast, just thinking of things that were on my mind. Let me know your thoughts and opinions if you want to on my Instagram or Twitter. I definitely am open to hearing them. If you're going to say something offensive, please just don't. I mean, I'll probably respond to you either way. Um, but thanks so much for listening. Can't wait to see you next week. Bye.